Good morning, Crossroads. Thank you, everyone, for being here this morning. For those of you who are tuning in online, we want to thank you for joining us. For everyone in the auditorium this morning, would you please stand and worship with us?
the Lord this morning for that. Amen.
Man, did you notice when we went to the angel song, Heart the Herald Angels, we had the angels sing? Wasn't that awesome? Let's thank God for those voices that they are able to use for the Lord. We thank God for that this morning. You may be seated. We just want to take a moment and welcome you. We're glad that you're here today. Thanks for joining us here at Crossroads Ministries on this Christmas weekend. What an incredible day it was on Christmas Eve here, wasn't it? Man, this place was hopping, and we're just so thankful to the Lord for all that he did here this Christmas at Crossroads. Um, I want to just update you on our birthday gift to Jesus. We have, uh, we've been asking all of, all of our church family to pray about making a gift and giving a gift to the Lord. Uh, the, the wise men brought gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And as they brought their gold, frankincense, and myrrh, they gave it to the Lord, to the newborn king. And so every year at Christmas, we ask our church family to do the same thing. And as we give our gifts to the Lord, we're able to uh, worship the Lord with them. And we do that through what we call the birthday gift to Jesus, because it's his birthday after all. And uh, you've heard me talk about this for many weeks, but we've been handing out the list, and you've had those lists. So I want, I want to encourage you, the people in Ecuador are thanking you this morning for, uh, for you responding to the Lord and worshiping the Lord. The people in Haiti are thanking you. I want to remind you of Daniel Francois. We do a lot of work in Haiti. We encourage a lot of them work in Haiti um, down there. Daniel Francois, he is pastor of a church in Port-au-Prince, Haiti, that this church has paid the rent on their building for the last 30 years. And so as we pay the rent, we send that every, uh, every year down to them to help cover the rent for that church. What a blessing it is to know that that ministry is continuing on year after year after year. And then uh, on top of that, we have other missionaries in Haiti that are working in orphanages. We're supporting several of them that we're feeding uh, orphans down in Haiti. There's others that, uh, that are doing incredible work all over the world. But down in Haiti, we have a whole lot of them that, we, uh, that we're helping and encouraging. One of them is the, the aunt of Tracy Mulhorn, Tracy Mulhorn, who attends the church here. Her aunt has been down there for 30 years and works in an orphanage in the northern part of Haiti. And she and uh, one of her best friends have been working this for, for a lifetime. And it's incredible to see what God does. I met her a few, a few years ago, and uh, she is on our birthday gift to Jesus list as well. So we thank God for all these people that we're able to invest in eternity. Because as we come and we give our gifts unto the Lord, we now as a church take them and we send them all around the world. So I'm going to give you the update. This update is as of last Sunday. Uh, 73,000 has come in of our goal of 100,000. Let's thank the Lord for that. Amen. 73,000 has come in already. And we're just asking the Lord to take us over and above. Everything that comes in goes out to all the missionaries. So if, if more than 100,000 comes in, we send it all out. None of it stays here. We send it out, and we help the missionaries around the world. We help these causes. So think about that. We're helping people in Ecuador, in the Philippines, in Haiti. We're helping a church in Afghanistan on the list this year. We're helping, we're helping to send an uh, um, ambulance over to Israel. And uh, that, I'm excited about that. That will finally get finished off this year, and we'll be able to see that ambulance get uh, placed over there in Israel. There's just a number of things on that list that God has allowed us as a church, from our little church here in the little town of Finleyville, to make a big impact around the world. Amen? So I just want to encourage you with that and, uh, and, and remind you that year-end giving, uh, in order to be properly accounted for for tax purposes, if, you, if you're looking for that for tax purposes, please make sure that it is given by December the 31st at midnight. 
You can give through our offering boxes here in the auditorium or the back wall, uh, the back wall of the auditorium or in the foyer. You can also give through our online. Uh, you can go to the church website. You can give through online, or you can give through the mail, and it must be post-dated by December the 31st. And I want to encourage you to consider a year-end gift to the church, um, to, to what God is doing here at Crossroads. Your year-end giving makes a difference. It really does. And as you're able to, uh, to invest in eternity, what a great place to invest is right here as we are s- spreading the, the gospel loud and clear. And so lives are being changed. I can't begin to tell you how many people... And I, I just get to hear the tip of the iceberg, but a lot of people are coming back to me and telling me, hey, God's doing something big here. God has changed my life. Christmas Eve was overwhelmingly uh, with the grace of God upon us. I just can't tell you what God has done. I had people call me. People sent me a text saying, hey, listen, I opened my heart to Jesus tonight. Isn't that awesome, folks? People are opening their heart. They responded to the invitation that we gave, took the book. One man came in this morning and said, hey, listen, I read the book that you gave out. I opened my heart to Christ, and I read the entire book, and that was between Christmas Eve and today. That's 21 chapters out of the book of John that man read. Can we thank God for that, folks? That's what God is doing. He's doing great things. And so God is doing this in your life. And so for many of you, you know, the, the, sometimes people come and they're in the church for a number of years before God opens your eyes. And that's what God does. He opens up our eyes. At, uh, maybe it's your first day or maybe it's, it's uh, uh, many days since your first day. God is still working and opening up your eyes. So I want to encourage you that the mission, that the, the light that shines the farthest shines the brightest at home. So as we, as we do that... I want to encourage you with your giving. God is using your giving for eternity. And uh, honor God in all that you do. And watch what the Lord will do in your life. Uh, Look here in the bulletin. There's just a few announcements coming up in January. We're going to have 21 days of prayer. I'm calling our church to a time of prayer. There's, uh, there are times that, we, that I like to call the church to prayer. And the beginning of the year is one of those times. For 21 days, I'm going to ask you to set on your calendar January 9th through the 29th that you will set a commitment to pray daily. And we're going to give you some things to pray for, for the church specifically, but also some things to help you and encourage you in your prayer life. So you'll be able to sign up for this in the next two Sundays, and uh, and then we we can send you a text reminder every day of that. We're going to give you some tools to help you along the journey. But this is our concentrated effort for us as a church 21 days of prayer and fasting. And so I'm not asking you to fast for 21 days, uh, but maybe a part of that 21 days, maybe you could fast for one day a week during that time, or you could fast for one meal a day or one meal a week. Whatever God leads you to do, I want to encourage you to do that, to, to meet with the Lord and see how God would lead you and guide you. And notice we put it on January 9th instead of January the 2nd. Because there's too many cakes and goodies still at your house on the second. So that gives you a little bit of time to dispose of them, right? And, uh, and get your mind clear. So we're going to be starting that January 9th. Then you also notice that we have a conference coming up here. It's called Refuel One Day. This is a conference on disciple making, how to make disciples and uh, just be an encouragement on ministry. Uh, if you're serving in the church, I want to encourage you to be here for this. I, I realize you'll have to take some time off of work. It's a, it's a Tuesday all day from 9 o'clock to 3 o'clock. But if you're serving in the church, I want to encourage you to be here. If you're not serving, I want to encourage you to be here. This is going to be an incredible opportunity. We're going to have some, uh, uh, some, some exciting speakers will be here. Jonathan Falwell from Thomas Road Baptist Church will be here. Um, Matt Wilmington will be here. 
Uh, Charles Billingsley will be leading worship here. So this is going to be an exciting day, and I want to encourage you. It's free. We just ask you to go to the website. You can learn more about it on our church website, and you can sign up to be here. And uh, it's uh, it's free. We're even going to buy you lunch that day, all right? So it's more than free. It's free, 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 right? So I want to encourage you to, to be here for that. So God is doing great things. We thank you for uh, your faithfulness to the church. 21 was a hard year in many respects, but it was a wonderful year in many respects because God is changing lives. God is in the business of God takes hard things and makes them great things. Amen? And that's what God does. The hard things in your life, God is going to transform them. And so we're looking to 2022. Next week, we're going to start a new series. It's entitled Proverbs. Okay? I want you to come and check it out. Proverbs. All right? Uh, we're gonna, it's wisdom for your life. But I want you to catch it. Proverbs. It's not just Proverbs. These are Proverbs that there are things that God says, hey, do this in your life. And we're going to look at them. And it's going to give you wisdom to help you in your business. It's going to give you wisdom to help you in your marriage. Give you wisdom to help you in everything. It's all from God's Word. So mark on your calendar to be here. Uh, We're going to kick off the new year next Sunday with Proverbs. All right, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we come before you. We thank you for this great day. Lord, you've been so good to us. Thank you for this Christmas time. God, the, the, just the season when we gather people together, when we are able to slow down enough just to enjoy fellowship, enjoy a, a, a little time together, and enjoy your word. God, we thank you for the fellowship that we have here every week on a regular basis. And I just ask, God, that you'll do great and mighty things in, in our lives, Lord, as we continue to follow you and seek you. Lord, as we look into 2022, we ask for your continued blessing upon our church and your continued blessing on our lives. God, as we, uh, as we uh, wrap up this year, Lord, we pray for the birthday gift of Jesus, Lord. I ask that you will do exceedingly abundantly above what we could ask or think, Lord. God, we have set our goal from, from a human perspective of 100,000. And I ask, God, that you will just, just surprise us, Lord. Flex your muscle. Show your might and power, God, that our congregation and that the people around the world may see that our God reigns and that he is worthy of all of our praise. And, Lord, as your people bring their gold, their frankincense, their myrrh unto you, Lord, I pray you encourage them and bless them. And may they see the joy of truly giving to you, Lord. Father, we ask that uh, you'll be with us now as Pastor Luke shares the word this morning, as he opens up the word of God and, and shares with us some, some exciting truth that you have from, from your word, God. I pray that you'll transform us as we, as we continue the series home for Christmas and wrap it up today. But, God, I just thank you for what you're doing and what you're going to do in this place. In your name we pray. Amen. Bow to babe on bended knee. 
Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Hey, listen, I hope that it was a great time with family, with friends, with your kids, with, uh, you know, people that maybe you just met in the last couple of years. Listen, Christmas, you can never assume that Christmas looks like one thing or another because family, things, friends, all kinds of stuff changes. And I'm just glad that we can celebrate Christmas. You know what I mean? And Christmas Eve here was home, wasn't it? It was a great time. And also, can we just thank God? That was beautiful. Like, that was absolutely wonderful. Skylar, that was wonderful. Um, but, you know, I'm just, it, I think one of the things that has been on my mind a lot is just the, the sense of home. And, you know, I think always my parents as a kid wanted me to feel like home was a safe place, right? And I think that's what we desire for our friends and to our family, to our kids. And um, I think church was home on Christmas Eve. And I think all of us that were here, we can we can agree was home. And so I know that many uh, we had many visitors too, which I think that is incredible. Like thank God that they're here. And it just I don't know. I'm just very thankful for that and glad that um, it was just a wonderful time. Listen, I um, I want to thank God for our, our 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 team that served on Christmas Eve. Can we thank God for our team that served from the parking to the nursery to seating. Um, listen, there's nothing more stressful than walking in like a few minutes late to church and being like, where do I sit? And then someone gets out, you know, like, oh, come over here. And you're like, no, 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 I'll sit in the back. There's no seat. That's okay. I'll find a place. You know what I mean? But it was, uh, you, you guys did a phenomenal job and I'm so thankful for that. Um, I want to tell you last night we're on our way home, um, from my in-laws and we're in the car and I don't know what it is about driving and having kids in the back seat, but, um, literally kids say the darndest things when you're driving. Um, and we're driving, we're few minutes away from my in-laws they live about seven minutes so you can imagine it's not a lot of time for conversation um and my seven-year-old he says he just has this look on his face and i see him in the the rearview mirror and i'm like buddy what's wrong he goes just doesn't feel right it's over i'm like you know what i mean and as a parent you have to like weigh both weigh both shoes and you're kind of like it's over but then you're like it's over you know what i mean it's like um, and he said, it's just Christmas is over. And then this one got me. Why can't Christmas be every day? If you know my seven-year-old, you know that's him to a T. He said, it's just over. He goes, like, I do, he goes, I do not like this. Okay. You know, and, and, my, and my, my lovely bride looks at me. She's like, so what you got to say? <laughs> What'd you say? Um, but... You know, I think as a kid, I can remember more times than not, I felt the same way. And maybe you feel the same way today. You're like, it's over. It's the hype. It's the hustle. It's the bustle. And then all of a sudden, it's just over. You know what I mean? It's 26th of December. And uh, today is the day that everybody goes to the mall or goes online and returns the thing, exchanges the thing, whatever it is, the thing that you do. But two-thirds of shoppers will use today as a day to exchange and make returns. Just like that, it's over. The magic, the, the warm fuzzies the spirit and we all know that listen we've seen those little yard signs or maybe you have a shirt and i think i've given away cards that say you know keep christ in christmas or jesus is the reason for the season i think that's wonderful and then i'm going okay what about the day after you know sometimes i think i am so eager to celebrate christmas and then to move on that we leave jesus in christmas and so how do we keep Christ in the everyday? How do we move forward? You know, I um, caught myself many times yesterday 
doing the, does, it, does anybody like find themselves when you have a day with like, it could be a Sunday afternoon or it could be a holiday where you, you know, your kids are doing something or, you, you know, your family's doing something and you have a minute and you just kind of like, just kind of do one of these and you're like, okay, you're rolling through the list. Here's what come here's what's coming up on Monday. Here's what's coming up on Tuesday. I caught myself doing that many times yesterday. You know, I think it's so hard to slow down, isn't it, in the moment? And it, I find myself five seconds into something that I'm doing, and I'm thinking about the 15 things that are about to happen. You know, I can't even enjoy the moment. And, and then I think, for me, it's just, it, it, it's just so hard to slow down and to just be still. And Pastor Ken shared last weekend Psalm 46.10. It said, be still and know that I am God. Isn't that hard to be still? Like, I can't, just can't be still. It's like, you know just can't it's just hard it's just hard to like be in the moment and enjoy it i'm like trying to take in all my kids stuff and i'm like you know i'm thinking man something outside could be on fire i mean that's just where my brain works you know what i mean there's always something happening and i'm like how do we take advantage of the everyday how do we do that church how do we take advantage of the everyday more importantly how do we keep jesus a part of the everyday you know instead of trying to move on or, or keep christ just in christmas what would it look like to keep jesus in the everyday to be still and to focus on Jesus every day. So I want to address these questions this morning. I want to take us right back to where Jesus is born. So we know that Jesus is born in the not-so-quiet, stable setting, and then he grows to be a few years old, and then the, the, the magi come, the, the wise men come and present gifts, and they worshiped him. And so that's exactly where we're going to pick up this morning. Specifically, I want to highlight three things. I want to highlight three things, and I want us to really look at the perspective of Joseph and how he reacted to all these twists and turns and, and things that happened very quickly after Jesus was born. So let's look in Matthew chapter 2. We're just going to start in verse 13. So it says, After the wise men were gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, flee to Egypt with the child and his mother, the angel said. Stay there until I tell you to return, because Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. That night, Joseph left for Egypt with the child and Mary, his mother, and they stayed there until Herod's death. This fulfilled what the Lord had spoken through the prophet, I called my son out of Egypt. So I think about all the events that are happening with, with, with this toddler, with Jesus, and then Mary and Joseph. Listen, we, when you have your first child, people come and visit. When, when you have more kids... It's not as many, but they start, they, they show up and they want to, you know, bless you. They want to just say, you know, hi to the kid. Isn't it funny when you go to a, a, a family's home when they first had a child and they just, they, they don't even like know who you are. You know what I mean? They're like, how's it going? They're like, you know, they're kind of looking at you and you know what I mean? They, and I just think, imagine Mary and Joseph where their physical state is. I mean, they're, they're happy. They're full of joy, but you have to think they had to be exhausted. And so think about, think about Joseph when, he, you know, he, there's no rest for the weary, right? And, he, and we can all relate. You ever been in a moment when, when maybe you have to react and all you see is the here and now? We almost never see the bigger picture. And I think about being Joseph and I think about being told, you have to take your whole family and go. But what do you, wanna, what do, you do when you have a child? You want to raise them. What do you do when you have a new family? You want to settle. You want to create home, some sense of sanctuary some sense of home and i think these moments are important for us to take in because life can seem so crazy and chaotic in the moment and we just don't see the bigger picture and i think it's exactly where joseph is at in the moment we feel overwhelmed but god's plan is solid and perfect 
You know, Joseph doesn't wait till morning. You know, he doesn't hear from the angel and then kind of stumble into the, the kitchen and like, you know, flick the pot on for the coffee. You know what I mean? He doesn't have a family meeting. He just goes. This young family flees to Egypt. And I want to remind us all that they were people of very meager means. They were poor. Let me ask you a question. Has anybody, has anybody thought about what they did with the gifts that the, that the Magi brought them? Or as my kids say, the magicians? You know, like the 15 magicians. I'm like, how did it go from 3 to 15? You know, I, I listen, whatever you have in your nativity scene, I'm, I'm happy. Like Magi, they're Magi. Um, it doesn't really tell us the number. But they, they're, they're given, you know, gifts. What, do you, what did they do with them? I mean, did they give them to little Jesus and he's sitting there, you know, smelling them and stacking them and playing with them? I, I don't know. Did they bury them? They put them on a shelf? You know, I wonder and I would think maybe they, God provided those for them, for Mary and Joseph to take their family to Egypt and, and, and to stay there until the dust settles. I mean, Jesus' life is being threatened. So where the Lord guides here, he, he provided he provided for this family. So how do we keep Jesus? How do we keep Christ in the everyday? Here's the first thing. To tune, tune in to God. Joseph had never been to Egypt before. And what do we, you know, I, I remember having friends in college that I don't know what it is about college, but again, it's like your, your brain hasn't fully developed. And so you have a hard time seeing like, you know, the bigger picture. You're just like the here and now, which sometimes I, I miss that. Because I only have a hard time thinking about, oh, well, if we do this and we do that, and by the time you ask all the questions, you, you've missed out. But my friends are like, hey, let's go to Florida for the day. And I'm like, we're in Indianapolis. What are you going to do? Like, you know, okay, guys, get in the car. You know what I mean? But I think about how we just have a hard time going, well, why should I go? Should I go now? Well, what if? You know, the what ifs and the what's, and I'm not sure's. But think about it for Joseph, you know. Guys, let me ask you this. What happens in, for good in the middle of the night at 3 a.m.? Like, I remember, you know, I mean, I still do it. Sometimes I just wake up and, and before I say good morning to my wife, I just say, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because, like, I'm sure some of us have had those conversations in the middle of the night and you're like, I have no idea what I said. I'm not sure how it came across. I apologize. And I can't even remember exactly what I said. But I think about what happens in the middle of the night here is, is Joseph is being told, take your family and move to a, never, a place you've never been and just stay there. And so I, I think, you know, maybe some of you remember being new parents. I remember being new parents. And, you know, listen, um, we read so many intros to good books. Did you catch that? We, met, we read a lot of really good, like, you know, five pages into every, you know, good child rearing book. And we watched what other people did. And we would always tell our friends, well, we are not going to do that. And so we had the perfect way to raise our child. And we never had a kid. And those of you with kids just kind of went like, you know, you'll see, you know what I mean? And I remember with our first child with, with, with Wyatt, I just, honestly, I think we were afraid that we were going to break the poor kid. You know, I, I, we were outside and I felt like, you know, you would, you would turn your head and you were afraid that he'd be down the street with the neighbors, like hanging out. I'm like, I don't know what it was about our yard. You could have the coolest playground set up and toys. And there could be like a bush in the neighbor's yard and the kids want to play in it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what it was. We, we, we were just afraid. We didn't, we didn't know. So to think about Joseph going, okay, God, yes, I'll go. You have to put yourself in his shoes to think about him and think about what he was thinking. So what's, what's important here is that we relate to Joseph in so many ways. You know, how many of you have ever dealt with, should we stay? Well, what if? Is this the best thing to do? We've all asked those questions. Is this the best thing to do for my family? Is this the right thing? Is this the perfect timing 
which I don't know what perfect timing is. Or maybe you could ask, if I only had this answer, I would go. You know, listen, as a father, as a husband, I struggle constantly with, am I good enough? Has anybody ever asked a question when you, when you come to the end of the day and you leave to come home or you're done with work and you go out of the room because many are working from home and you just think, man, like, am I okay? Am I good enough? That is the number one question that I think people are facing nowadays is just, am I, am I good enough? Did I do an okay job? We're constantly asking those questions. And I think about Joseph and think about where he's at and he's thinking, did I do the right thing for my family? Am I, you know, how many of us struggle with the comparison game? We look at what everybody else has. I mean, as a father, I come home and I go, man, if I had enough of a plan put together, then my kids would have a better life. And if I had enough money or if my bank account or if I look like this or whatever the situation is, the comparison game, it's a thief. It's a thief of joy is what it is. And so thinking about the internal struggle that Joseph had here, we're not exempt. We feel the same things. So I want to encourage you all as you're leading your families and your kids and in relationships, and you're thinking, I don't have the perfect plan, but here's my encouragement. Are you tuning into God? Are you listening to his word? Because I can tell you a great way to encourage your spouse and your kids and your friends and family is somebody that listens to God and follows him. You don't have to have a perfect plan. Listen, every single day, I mean, I'll talk to staff here. They're like, how you doing? I'm like, I don't know. You let me know later. You know, I'm God, you know, God, I'm trying. You know, I feel like those are constant prayers. But I want to ask you this question is, what are you listening to? You know, when you think about tuning to God, I think a lot of times I can go, man, I, I, I love to listen to podcasts and read books. And, and listen, I'll follow the news probably more than I should. But when I look at and I put everything on a shelf and I go, here's all the things that I did that were not listening or reading the word of God. And then here's all the time I spent reading the word of God. I wonder why my heart's in chaos. And so, it, listen, what comes in comes out. And I think about, man, are my kids seeing that I do all this or am I doing What's most important? So let me ask you this. What's the primary influence in your life? Most of the time, the most influential voice in our lives is what? Our voice. How do we tune into God? How do we know he's speaking to us? They hear that question all the time. How do I know God's talking to me? Let's keep reading. So Jesus and his parents, they flee to Egypt. And God says to wait there until the dust settles. Imagine having no sense of home, being a brand new family, raising this toddler. Joseph, Mary, and Jesus are just waiting. Inside, can you imagine being eager to return to what they know as home? But on the outside, what they don't see is that God's at work. All of us can relate. Let's keep going. Matthew 2, uh, verse 16. Let's pick that up. So Herod was furious when he realized that the wise men had outwitted him. He sent soldiers to kill all the boys in and around Bethlehem who were two years old and under. Based on the wise men's report of the star's first appearance, Herod's brutal action fulfilled what God had spoken through the prophet Jeremiah. A cry was heard in Ramah, weeping and great mourning. Rachel weeps for her children, refusing to be comforted, for they are dead. When Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt. I mean, this guy has the gift of sleep. Uh, verse 20, it says, Get up, the angel said. Take the child and his mother back to the land of Israel, because those who were trying to kill the child are dead. So Joseph got up and returned to the land of Israel with Jesus and his mother, but when he learned that the new ruler of Judea was Herod's son, Archelaus, he was afraid to go there. 
Then after being warned in a dream, he left for the region of Galilee. So the family went and lived in a town called Nazareth. This fulfilled what the prophets had said. He will be called a Nazarene. You know, think back to Herod. Think about in verse 16. I mean, he took a broad brush. I mean, it's like he drew a pencil circle around 10 miles north and south of Jerusalem and just drew a big circle and just told his soldiers. He just said, every boy under two, wipe him out. You know, his he, that wasn't really even a strategy. It was just like that was a killing spree. It was a genocide. He was saying, you know, he, he was saying, just kill them all. You know what his hope was? His hope was that he would get rid of Jesus. And we know, in fact, that he did not. And so selfishness takes us to the extreme, doesn't it? All Herod cared about was himself. In fact, he killed his own family. He even killed one of his own wives because of the threat of his power. Selfishness, that's a side note. Selfishness can take us to the extreme. You know, when, when after Herod dies, we read that once Joseph is guided by the Lord to go home, he's on his way, and then what? He's told to reroute. Because Joseph realizes that Herod's son is now in charge, carrying out very similar mission and very similar heart. So he takes his family and he goes. You know, and I think about, man, what about those times when God asks us to do something or we're following God's leading and it's, it's easy? It's like, oh, God, I'm so glad we talked. Like, I agree. This was on my calendar. I'm so thankful. You know, you could be reading the word or you're reading the Bible and you're like, oh, I'm just so glad I agree with that today. What about the days that we don't agree? What about the days where it's really tough? What about the days where it's really difficult and we're super frustrated? What about those days? What about when, what about, uh, when following God is hard, when we strongly disagree, maybe because it requires sacrifice, it's painful, or it's just not what we want to do? Joseph and Mary are moving their fairly new son, Jesus, all over the place. And I'm sure, although guided by God and, and, and led by God, don't you think they had to have been frustrated? Has anybody ever been on a family trip in the car? Only three of you. Okay. I encourage you. You'll learn a lot about yourself and your kids. Um, but, you know, think about them. They're going, oh, do we really have to move again? Do we have to go over here? We just want to settle. I'm sure the question came up, when will it end? Following's not easy, is it? But I want to challenge that a little bit, thinking about our first point, is if we tune into God and we're reading his word, we're, we're, we're reading, we're spending time with God, I don't think that following God becomes more easy, but it becomes more clear. Anybody track with me? It's becoming more clear. So how do we keep Christ in the everyday? One is that we tune to God every day. But the second thing is that we follow God's leading. We've read that Joseph was sensitive and listened to God. We read that Joseph followed God's leading after he listened. Isn't that, isn't that insane? It's like God tells you to love and how often we go, okay, and then we don't. God says move and he goes, okay, God, I want that heart. And that's what I'm praying for myself, for my family, for, for this church, is that we would have that sensitive heart to God's leading, and we would say, yes, God, I'll go. And then, so let's just, I want to lay out a few things. We've had a lot happen. We've only read a few verses, but I want to just lay out a few things and just kind of catch us up, because we're going to highlight one more thing. So one is that we're tuning our heart to God, two is that we're following God's leading, but I want to share with you just a list of all that's happened. Mary and Joseph welcome baby Jesus to the world in a stable. Jesus is visited and worshipped by the Magi, by the wise men who leave gifts. Um, an angel appears to Joseph, warning him of Herod's threats, so they flee to Egypt. 
Herod dies. Joseph hears from an angel again, is said to go back home. But halfway through, he's told that Herod's son, Archelaus, is in charge. And so Joseph goes, I'm afraid that he's going to kill Jesus. I'm afraid that there's still a threat here. So he reroutes and settles in a region near Galilee called Nazareth. So all that to say is where the Lord guides, he provides. And we typically say that for, in what sense? Okay, God, I want to go do this job or ask for this promotion. You've led me from point A to point B. Um, that's perfect. But what about when God guides from A to B to C to D to E to F back to A? Maybe you touch on B and then you go back. Do you see what I'm saying? Do you track with me? We listen and we follow and then what when he leads us all over the place? What, 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 what then? Here's our last point this morning. How do we keep Christ in the everyday is that we trust God's leading. You know what's so powerful about Matthew 2.23? I'm going to read it real quick. When the family, so this is right towards the end, they get rerouted and they settle in the Galilean region called Nazareth. So this is verse 23. It says, so catch this with me. So the family went and lived in a town called Nazareth. This fulfilled what the prophets had said, he will be called a Nazarene. This fulfilled. Can I tell you that we have the fulfillment of God's promise of rescue, of new life, of hope, of salvation? Church, we have that in the answer that is Jesus Christ. Amen? That's what we have. We have the fulfillment. We have the answer to the question. The answer is not an answer. It is the answer, and that is Jesus Christ. Listen, a full circle has happened here. Jesus has answered the question where the Old Testament's talked about this coming Messiah, this coming Jesus. Jesus is the answer. Throughout all this in happening in Mary and Joseph and Jesus' life, I, want to, I just want to show you guys the hand of God is so clear. He provided for Jesus in amazing ways, gave supernatural guidance when it was needed most. But most importantly, through all, all this, there's so many disconnected, disjointed movements and reactionary movements of Joseph. I mean, he had to make reactionary decisions and go, all right, God, I'm going to follow you. And then I'm going to wait. Here, I want to show somebody else trying to kill Jesus. Rather, what we see here is this is the plan, and it always has been the plan. Amen. So I want to show us that from Bethlehem to Egypt to Nazareth, Joseph heard God's leading. He trusted his guidance, and he followed his word. Jesus is the fulfillment of God's promise. And when we tune to God through his word, we can follow and trust him because what? God keeps his promises. And I want, to, I want to share from 2 Corinthians 1.20. You know, this is such a, we've, we've sang this song in the past and, and, and uh, you know, all your promises are yes and amen. But I want to tell you this, this verse just, just, knocks, just knocks me out of my shoes. Verse 20, it says this, for all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes. And through Christ, our amen, which means yes, ascends to God for his glory. So when we talk about the fact that God's promise has been fulfilled in Jesus and all of his promises are yes because of Christ, the church can say what? Amen. So can we say amen together? One, two, three. Amen. We're saying amen. Thank you, God. You have given us Jesus. We have this gift. We have salvation in Christ, in Christ alone. You know what's so cool is Jesus is the personal guarantee of God's promise. You sat in a chair, didn't you? What did you do? You had to trust that chair. Joseph trusted God's word was true. 
We know that God does not give half-truths. The yes part of this passage is all Jesus. The amen is our response. And you know what amen means? So let it be. Our trust, is, our trust in God is not based on faulty records. We're given his word, the Bible, a personal guarantee in God is from his son, Jesus Christ. So three things, and I want to move to some application. How do we keep Jesus in the everyday? We tune our hearts to him. How do we tune? How do we listen to him? We listen to him through his word. When we hear from him, my question is, are we following? So we're listening, we're tuning, and then we're following. And the third thing is, is we trust God's leading. So God, when God speaks to us in his word, do we listen and do we trust him? I want to I share that um, it is 2021, and it's about to be 2022, and there's something really cool that can happen on your cellular device, um, and, and you can literally have the Bible read to you. You know, oftentimes I'm in my car, and I'm riding along, and I'm moving from point A to point B, and sometimes C and D and all over, and I'll just, I'll, I'll have a reading plan, and most of the reading plans will actually read to you. It'll read you a short devotional, and then it'll read the scripture to you. So maybe you could bounce between reading, and you can bounce between listening. So here's my challenge to us all is how do we listen to God, his word, the Bible. And it's a great time to download the Bible app as you walk out of here. Please, on your left as you leave, um, there, are, there are printed Bible plans for 2022. So make God's word a part of your everyday. I want to share with you Psalm 119, 105 uh, is, is a phenomenal verse, and it says this. It says, your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. It's talking about... Not this kind of light. You know what it's talking about? It's talking about an oil lamp. An oil lamp was about this big, and it would sit on a table, and it would light just enough. It would give enough light just for this area. So what do you do when you need light? You pick it up, and you take it with you. So here's my encouragement and challenge to us all is are we memorizing? Are we taking what's in here and putting it in here? You know, faith comes through hearing, and I think about as I more that I read, I'm reading truth, and I just keep reading it. Some days I get it, some days I don't. Some days it sets in, some days I have to read it 15 times. That's the point. Wrestle with God's word. Make it a part of your everyday. Take God's word with you to work. And you know how you take it with you to work? You're saying stuff in your head. You're going, man, God is God Emmanuel, God with us. He's always going to be with me. He's never going to leave me. He's never going to forsake me. God so loved the whole world. That he sent Jesus, his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. You read scripture in your head and you're reminding, you're praying. That's how we listen to God as we tune our hearts to his word. The second thing is we follow his leading. You know, um, just last couple of days, you know, maybe last couple of weeks, I've just had a few minutes. And it's not often we have a few minutes. You guys know, busy. Um, I'm sure you are in your families. And you try to take a minute and just and like take in something. And one of the things that we try to do in our house is we love storms. I love when storms roll in. Now, I'm not encouraging you to go sit in your backyard with an umbrella, but I am encouraging you to take in a storm and just think about being in the middle of all of it. You know, we sit on our porch and I watch the storm roll in and sometimes it's like blowing sideways and we know where to sit so we don't get wet. But sometimes we do. You know, the safest part of the storm is where? It's in the middle. Have you ever seen some of the videos of some of the craziest tornadoes and in the middle it's like you can hear birds chirping? You, hear, you see animals moving like nothing's wrong. There's no better place to be than in the middle of God's leading. There's no better place to be than in the middle of God's leading. To us in the moment, all we really see is what? The here and now. You know, when I'm driving uh, to and from work, there's a, a couple horse farms, and I see the horses, and those of you who have horses, you know you put blinders on for a reason. And there's like a horse that sits like right by the road. 
I mean, I, I feel like sometimes I could like reach out and touch it, and it's like unfazed. And I think about like there's so many different applications in that, but I think about how many times am I so focused on like right here and now that I don't realize everything else that's going on. And I think about all that God's doing and how I'm in the middle of the storm and it seems so chaotic and crazy, but I have to remind myself that I'm in the best place. I'm in the middle of God's plan, and all I have to do is just try my best to trust him. I didn't say be perfect. I said try my best to trust him. So think about Joseph. He's a guardian of this new toddler, this child. He leaves his home, his business, his friends, his city, even his country, and he travels across the desert to be in Egypt, all for his toddler. Who said following the Lord would be easy? If you signed up to follow Jesus and to give your life to Christ, that is the most important and critical decision you'll ever make in your life. But it is a roller coaster. But it's the best roller coaster. Because every single moment where you've been sitting in the craziest point of your life, God has never left you. And that's something that I have to remind myself always of. So sometimes God moves us and he moves us from point A to point B. And then you get over to B and you're like, what's next? And he tells us what? Wait till I bring word. I know where I'm sending you, but I'm going to tell you why later. Anybody feel the frustration right now? You're like, I'm in there right now. I'm having my Egypt right here, Luke. I'm having my Egypt right here. I want to share the third thing. So the first thing is that we tune into God. We listen to God daily. Make it a part of your every day to listen, to read the word of God, to tune into him. The second is to follow what he says. It's the best place to be. And the third part is trust in the journey more than the destination. You know, Joseph, I think this is such a powerful, and I encourage you, read back over this as you leave and as you have time today and just and let God speak to you. But one of the most important lessons I think we can learn from this is waiting. Oh, man, my kids, that, like, that word does not exist in their vocabulary. Waiting. I have, a ten, I have a 10-year-old, and I know some of you have teenagers, and listen, I've been a youth pastor for a long time, and I feel like I, I won't understand until I have my own teenager. So just pray for me now. But um, I feel like my 10-year-old is exhibiting these things. I'm like, Wyatt, you have to wait. Just, what is it about like a, a, teen, a 10-year-old rolling your eyes? It just like, oh, it just like hits right here. You know what I mean? And I'm like, he just, the word waiting, it doesn't make sense. My three-year-old, she's I said, Lana, you have to wait. Nope. But how many times that's us to God? So waiting with God. You know, um, I think about waiting in his presence, waiting with God when we go through all the different situations that we go through. And I remember like just waiting to hear if I got a job in Pittsburgh when I had never been to Pittsburgh before. I was kind of having my own Egypt moment. I wasn't being threatened, but I was having my own Egypt moment. Like I'd never been to Pittsburgh and I applied for a job here. And then they said, hey, why don't you come out? I mean, I can't tell you that I would do that now. You have four kids and 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 a in a wife in, in, in tow, it's like you have to make decisions. But think about Joseph. He had that. He had to make a decision with a family. And to think that he waited knowing that God is with him in Egypt. So insert a time you've waited. I want you to feel the frustration. I want you to feel the, the, like, the angst that comes with waiting. And I want you to think about that and then remind yourself, he's right there. You probably didn't feel it in the moment. You're probably waiting now. Many of you, many of us are waiting waiting for an answer, waiting for a move of God. And it's tough. It's really tough. You know, I think a lot of times we battle the, well, if I get this promotion, if I get this 
you know, movement in my career or movement with a job or whatever the situation is. Or maybe it might even be, you know, um, when my bank account finally looks like this. Or this is my favorite, when life settles down. When does it ever settle down? I feel like if I think about settling down, something something pops up. Does anybody else? It's like when you lose a sock, a Tupperware piece appears. You know what I mean? Um, I just feel like it's just bouncing back and forth, back and forth. But I think about sometimes I have to remind myself of Joseph and being in Egypt. And maybe God did not move or speak in his life right away. And he said, all right, you told us to be here. We're going to be here. And we're going to trust you. I'm going to do my best to trust you. You know, I can't say this is something that I would always say, and I want you to give it back to me when I'm facing these tough moments and just say, hey, listen, remember what you said? But listen, I would rather know Jesus and have trials in my life than have no trials and not know Jesus. I want to say that again. I'd rather know Jesus and have trials, God with us, than have no trials and not have a relationship and know Jesus. We have the answer. We have this gift. It's called Jesus Christ. He is God. He is God, Emmanuel, God with us. So how do we keep Christ in the everyday? We tune in to God. We, we follow his leading, and then we trust him. The beauty of this passage is that, listen, Jesus is here, literally. Literally, Jesus was there with Joseph and Mary, and literally, Jesus is here with us in 2021 on December 26th. In the state of our country, in the state of our culture, in the state of our world, he has and will always be king. He has and will always be the answer, not an answer. So maybe some of us are here this morning and we're going, okay, Luke, I I got lots of questions. Well, what can I tell you that he is the answer to that question? He is here, church. Jesus Christ came to bring rescue, to bring hope, to bring life. And Jesus is God's promise fulfilled to us. You know, we started the Home for Christmas series with this verse, so I think it's appropriate to close with it. Isaiah 9, 6 says this. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Are you looking to be fulfilled? looking for the answer to your question the destination is right here is jesus you know someone shared with me at the end of the first service they were just talking and then they they said hey i sign at my church and they were talking about following and 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 she said the sign to follow is this and i and i said oh i said like do you that both hands she says you have to have both hands because one's got to follow the other who are we following Are we following the inner voice? That's a scary thing. Are we following the influences of the world? Are we following every other influence but God? And I think about that's a challenge for us all. We've got the Prince of Peace. I don't know about you, but I could use a lot more peace. Anybody else? Yeah. For those that have a relationship with Jesus here this morning, whether online or here in the building, let us be intentional Not just tomorrow, or let's not start afresh tomorrow. Let's start today. Make Jesus the one we tune our hearts to every day. Listening to his word, following what he says, and trusting his promises. You know what's so powerful? I had a professor in seminary share this with me. He said, the more that you grow 
and reading and tuning your hearts to this. And you start opening this up, whether you're opening it up on your phone or you have a physical Bible and you read about God's words to you. He said, you begin to trust. But the more powerful thing and the more powerful truth is that was the more you grab a hold of God, you recognize that he's always had you. That's the power of who God is. Because it's not dependent on my ability to grab him, but his ability to have grabbed me. Jesus is the fulfillment that we're all been looking for. And so maybe some of us are here today, we've been walking with God. My challenge to us all is to listen, make, a God, make God part of your everyday, to follow him, to trust him. And some of you, today's day one. You're looking to invite Jesus into your heart to be this fulfillment. You've got a hole and it needs to be filled. And Christ is the only way to fulfill that. And because I know that the emptiness is driving you insane. Because doesn't it drive you insane when you got a hole and you keep filling it and filling it and it filling it and it feels like you got a hole at the bottom of a gas tank. No matter how many times you fill it, no matter how much money you put in, it's always going to go out. The only fulfillment is Christ. Christmas has come and gone. The lack of fulfillment is driving you insane. Here's my challenge to you today. For might be some of you, day one, come to Jesus. His promises are true and his fulfillment is real. Galatians 4, 4 through 5, it says this, But when the right time came, God sent his son. Isn't that cool? The right time. God is not a last-second God. Right time. Isn't that cool? At the right time, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. And then Romans 3.22 says this, We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. Your situation, your personality, your way you think is not exempt from salvation. Everyone has a sin problem, and Christ is the only way to fulfill that. It's the only way to have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Isn't that cool? And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who you are. I love that. Listening, tuning into God, following him, trusting his word. And for some of you, today is day one, and I want to challenge you to follow Jesus today. Would you guys pray with me? Lord, thank you for this morning. God, as we, um, as we wrap up this morning and as we wrap up this series, God, there's no greater place to be than in the in the waiting sometimes. And I think many today are waiting for what's next. Uh, maybe some are waiting for an answer on Monday as they go back to work. But God, our, our hope, our trust, our influences cannot come from the world. There's nothing in existence that can fill us. Only Jesus Christ can fill us. Lord, thank you for the perspective of, Jesus, of, of, of Joseph who reacted and led his family, but he was sensitive enough to hear from you first. God, I pray that we would do that. I pray we would listen to you every day through your word, through your Bible, God, your holy, precious word, that we would listen to it, that we would follow it, that we would obey it, do what you've told us to do, God, and that we would trust you in the good and the bad and the ugly, that we would trust you. And Lord, for some, today is day one. I know there are people here online and maybe here in the building, God, struggling with fulfillment. I'm just not fulfilled. I've been searching for answers and everywhere but Jesus. Here's my encouragement to you all this morning. 
Would you come to Jesus? And if you're here this morning and you're wanting to take that first step towards following Christ to be a part of the family of God, it's so simple. You're just going to say, this is between you and God. You say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. I believe, Jesus, that you died on the cross for me. I'm ready to be fulfilled. And you're the only answer. I give my life to follow you now and forevermore. To take the light that is now inside of me to the world that needs it so much. Lord, I pray that um, as your people, Lord, as your church, as we respond to you, as we leave, as we sing, as we do the things that we're doing today, God, that you would be an intention, we would be intentional about making you a part of our everyday. Lord, help us to do that. We love you. Thank you for this church. We thank you for the greatest gift of Jesus Christ. In his name we pray. Amen. Would you guys stand as we close this morning? Aren't you glad to be here today? You didn't know I had a few moves left in me, all right? You wait till 2022, and I'm pulling out all the stops, all right? Hey, we thank God for you being here. This was the last service of 2021. How about that? Wasn't that awesome? Thanks be to God. Thank you, Luke. Let's thank Luke for a great message this morning from the Word of the Lord. Amen. I want to encourage you on your way out, stop by our table, get the Bible reading plans for 2022. And we are looking forward to a great series next week, Proverbs. I want to get it in your head, Proverbs, all right? These are things that are going to change your life. Thanks for being here. God bless you. Have a happy new year. Let this dark room in silence Fuel imagination tonight. The stars shine bright and spell my name. The winter cold chill blows away, and bonfire fire warms my heart under the